What's up, everybody? My name is Zach Schaumler. This is Strong Opinion Sports for Wednesday, November 15th. A busy, busy day. A day that was so full of great content. I had to actually move some stories back to Friday. My Jimmy Garoppolo take, that'll be on Friday. We'll move some other stuff back. Mark and Drake are coming in later to share some of their opinions. I'm really excited. I want to talk about some Cam Newton. Alabama will do NFL by herself. Later, we'll talk about Washington State University and UW in the Apple Cup. Gonzaga basketball. A fun show ahead. I'm really excited for today's show. Please subscribe to Strong Opinion Sports on iTunes, on SoundCloud, and on YouTube. I do put videos of myself talking on YouTube. And share this with your friends. Tell your friends about Strong Opinion Sports. I love what I do. I'm very passionate about it. If you enjoy it, tell your friends about Strong Opinion Sports. On Monday Night Football, Cam Newton had four touchdowns. Cam Newton looked fantastic. He really did. He looked really, really, really great. And the whole narrative I've read online is that Cam Newton is back. Now Cam Newton is going to be fantastic this year. The story is Cam Newton was injured last year. He hurt his shoulder. And now, now Cam Newton has figured it out. He's, he's had time. It's now week 11. Cam Newton is now matured. He's had time to acclimate with his injury. Now Cam Newton is back to dominate in the NFL. That is simply not true. Cam Newton is not back. People often make way too much of celebrations. But here it's important to watch and key in on Cam Newton's celebrations after everything he does. On Monday night, Cam Newton was celebrating first downs. Cam Newton is like a a giddy, gleeful kid. He just cannot contain himself. Every time something good happens, he's just so overwhelmed with excitement. I I don't like it, first of all. I don't like celebrations. I'm not a big celebration guy, but here's what you don't want to do. Here's why I don't like the way Cam Newton celebrates. Look, I don't doubt Cam Newton's ability, first of all. I think Cam Newton's a very talented guy, but Cam Newton has the emotional maturity of a two-year-old. Yes, he's amazing and incredible physically but cam newton cannot level and temper his emotions when i was 12 years old i had a tough time with emotional maturity i could not lose i could not deal with failure you know i'd play board games with my younger brother and at the time younger sister now brother i'd play board games with them and whenever something was going right man i was the first one to tell you about i was loud i was excited i was kind of an ass i was annoying to listen to i celebrated anytime i would knock my brother out of the, the game of uh, the game of aggravation, or I'd roll a good dice roll. I just was a pain in the butt. I was so happy and giddy and excited. But when something went wrong, a switch was flipped. I could not deal, at 12 years old, I couldn't deal with losing. I couldn't deal with failure. I think it's healthy to hate losing, but you should be able to deal with it. Lose with grace, lose with class. See, it's so easy to be happy and do, be excited when things are going well. Anybody can do that. Anybody can be excited and happy when things are going well. You, have, you know, Cam Newton has the highest of highs. Cam Newton will have games like he did on Monday night, throwing for four touchdowns, really dominating another team. But Cam Newton also, because of his such high highs, has such low lows. Cam Newton's either excited, running everywhere, throwing up signs in your face and just being kind of a punk, but celebrating in your face loudly, or he will struggle and he's all over the place. He cannot handle losing. Cam Newton isn't back. Cam Newton isn't surprising me. Cam Newton isn't suddenly this incredible force that we need to deal with. Cam Newton is everything we've always seen him to be. Cam Newton hasn't changed my opinion on him one bit. This is Cam Newton. He will be really great and brilliant on some days, but he's streaky. From time to time, he'll be great. But how does Cam Newton deal with losing? How does Cam Newton deal with an interception or a bad play? Not very well. Cam Newton doesn't have emotional maturity. He cannot deal with losing. 
He's like me when I played aggravation with my brother and sister at 12 years old. When I was winning, everything was great. I was the best aggravation player in the history of the world. But when I had a bad dice roll or my brother knocked me off the board, I couldn't handle it. And I'm, I'm glad I learned that lesson now because Cam Newton clearly has not learned that lesson yet. Cam Newton does not know how to deal with fail, failure or deal with loss. But let's watch this season. Watch the next time Cam Newton has to deal with adversity. When he throws an interception, has a dropped pass or a fumble. Cam Newton will not respond well, and it will tear him apart the entire rest of that game. Because Cam Newton is emotionally dependent on doing well. If Cam Newton doesn't do well, he can't make it happen. You know, that's my, when I'm attracted to someone, that's the most attractive quality. How do they deal with loss or adversity? I don't like Cam Newton very much because Cam Newton doesn't deal with adversity very well. If you meet someone who's like, they've gone through something tough and they've dealt with it well and learned from their mistakes or learned from their misfortune and can move on from it, wow, hang out with that person, keep that person around. But it's the same reason I wouldn't be friends with Cam Newton in real life. He doesn't deal with adversity very well. He's successful. I'm, I'm, I'm proud of him. He's done well in his life. I'm sure he didn't have the, I don't know what, I don't know what his background is, but I know that I watch him on the field and when something goes wrong for Cam Newton, he doesn't work. He cannot handle adversity. And that's what I'm looking forward to watching with Cam Newton the rest of this year. Cam, and he cannot, Cam Newton will not deal with adversity very well and it will unravel him the rest of this season. Another narrative I'm hearing around uh, college football this time is, you know, Alabama is one of the most injured teams in college football. They have four starting linebackers out. They have a bunch of other people injured on their team. And the narrative around Alabama now is that they will not be able to overcome their injuries. Here's what I have to say to that. Alabama had seven straight number one recruiting classes. The significance of that is that Alabama is incredibly deep. The, the, the reason Alabama is good every single year is because when you take one of their guys out, another guy steps up. Next man up. That's how Alabama operates. Alabama will be fine. You know, I, I think Alabama has the edge. They have, they're the best team with the best chance to win the national championship. Because if Alabama squares off against Clemson, they're going to be angry and looking for revenge. Wisconsin does not match up with Alabama. They're bigger and better in the trenches and have a better quarterback. Now, Oklahoma could give them problems. Those injuries and experience, maybe Baker Mayfield could take advantage of the lack of experience that the, the guys replacing injured players would have. But look, Alabama is the favorite to win the national championship. Once again, they're hungry, and I'm not worried about their injuries. They're, they have depth. There's a reason they are there every year. They have incredible depth. Now, one team. Ohio State on a good day could give Alabama significant problems because Ohio State is the one team in college football, Ohio State and Clemson. But remember, I think Clemson would lose because of the revenge factor. Ohio State has the physical ability to match up with Alabama. Ohio State could make it happen. They're not out of the race either. They're they're ninth in, in college football and really have a chance to put themselves back in position. If Ohio State wins out, Ohio State is back in the race and could win the national championship. So do not overlook Ohio State, but don't overlook Alabama. They are Alabama. They are known for their depth, and they will be just, just fine. I want to move on to NFL buy or sell. Every week I do this. I pick my. I love stocks. I'm a nerd about stocks. So I pick NFL teams as if they were stocks. I would buy this NFL team this week, and I would sell this NFL team this week based on how well they've done this year and how well I think they're going to do the rest of this year. This is NFL buy or sell. First, I would buy the Patriots. 
The AFC is an incredibly weak conference this year, and I think that Patriots have the best chance to make it to the Super Bowl. I am buying a ton of the Patriots. They will make it and represent the AFC in the Super Bowl. Now I'm selling the Seattle Seahawks, which is really tough. I'm conflicted as a Seahawks fan. I love them, but the Seahawks are too inconsistent. They have too many penalties. They make too many dumb mistakes, and they are far too reliant on Russell Wilson. They have no running game, and they lean on Russell Wilson far too much. If he hurts an ankle or does something wrong, they are very limited because Russell Wilson is their leading rusher right now. And I'm buying the Rams. The Rams are playing much better football than the Seahawks. Mistake-free, dominating an offense, playing great defense. I believe the Rams might win the division and steal the division from the Seahawks. Seahawks fans assume they're going to win the NFC West, and I think the Rams could make it happen. I'm selling the Panthers. I know everybody's excited about the Panthers now after they dominated the Dolphins on Monday Night Football. Cam Newton had four touchdown passes. We all fall in love with Cam. Cam, we know what he is. He's inconsistent. We will not see the same Cam we saw on Monday night through the rest of this year because he just cannot keep it up. I'm selling the Panthers. I'm buying a ton of the Saints. The Saints will win the division in the NFC South. They're on a seven-game winning streak. I think that could end this week with the Redskins. But look, here's the thing. The Saints are known as a passing team. Right now, they're playing great defense and running the ball incredibly well. Uncharacteristically of the Saints, if they can have a running attack and great defense coupled with their great passing attack, which they do have, man, the Saints are scary and could have a very... They could make it to the Super Bowl this year. They're a special team. I'm selling the Cowboys. Look, if you want me to believe in the Cowboys, I need proof that Dak Prescott can make it happen without Ezekiel Elliott. Ezekiel Elliott was suspended for six games. Let's see it. I, I just... I'll believe it when I see it. When I see... Dak Prescott make it happen without Ezekiel Elliott I will believe that they know what they're doing but until then I am selling the Cowboys I'm buying the Redskins it's funny how quickly things change the Redskins once Ezekiel Elliott was suspended bam suddenly the Redskins were back in the race and look at their schedule it's unbelievable the the Redskins play the Saints next week which they could win because the Saints have a they're due for a loss they've won seven games in a row but after the Saints their schedule is very very manageable and they could bounce back and grab a playoff spot it's crazy what happens from week to week I'm buying the Eagles. Look, I feel like I'm getting repetitive. The Eagles are the best team in the NFL with the best chance to win the Super Bowl. They could get beat up in the NFC and lose to the Patriots, but man, the Eagles are good all around. Which leads me to buying the 49ers. That's weird. I, I know the 49ers will probably go 4-12, and but that's a good year for them. I love, love the culture they have built in the 49ers organization. They're playing good football. They've lost a lot of close games. People don't realize they might have been one, they might be one and nine, but they've lost a ton of one possession games. And look, they play the Bears, the Texans, and the Titans later this year after the Seahawks and the Rams. All winnable games. I think four and twelve is very doable, and that's a successful season for the uh, 49ers. The 49ers go four and twelve. That's a win for them. I'm selling the Dolphins. Look, the Dolphins are four and five. And normally, you know, the AFC is really weak. And I was like, man, the Dolphins still could make the playoffs, even though they're four and five, because the AFC is just such a weak division. But here is the schedule for the Dolphins coming up. They play the Patriots twice. They play the Bills twice. And they play the Chiefs. Their season's over. I I wanted to believe in the Dolphins. I thought this was their year. I thought Jay Cutler would get redemption and make the playoffs. But look, it's not going to happen. The Dolphins season is over. I'm selling the Dolphins. And that has been NFL Buy or Sell. Thank you so much for listening. There are some incredible matchups this week in the NFL. Uh, you know, college football is pretty boring this week. Uh, not many good matchups. But here are some, there are five five really good games in the NFL. First, Eagles play the Cowboys, which is fascinating because it'll be a test. Can the Eagles play without, or can the Cowboys play without Ezekiel Elliott? And what the Eagles should do is dominate the, the Cowboys. 
The Eagles should come out and just punch the Cowboys in the face and win this game. Now I'm very curious. The Raiders play the Patriots. That's a really good game as well. I, I'm, I'm, you know, the Patriots are seven to two. They're dominating, and the, the Raiders are a little behind this year. That's a great matchup. Another great matchup: the Saints and the Redskins. The Redskins are looking for a chance to get themselves back in the hunt. The Eagle, the Cowboys had Ezekiel Elliott suspended for six games. This is the Redskins' chance. If they can come out and win some games right now, they can make a push and still make the playoffs. The Saints are on a seven-game winning streak. They are due for a loss. The Redskins, Saints, that's a great game coming up this weekend. The Rams play the Vikings this weekend. Man, two great defenses, a better quarterback for the Rams. But if the Vikings can squeak this one out, wow, they are sitting pretty. Because I think the Vikings could win the NFC North. I do not believe in Matthew Stafford very much. I really like what the Vikings are doing on defense. And Case Keenum's playing really well. And that leads me to Monday Night Football. The Falcons and the Seahawks. The Seahawks are down a Richard Sherman. Richard Sherman's out for the year. I think the Falcons could take advantage of the Seahawks' weakness on defense and really step in and have a great game and beat the Seahawks. I'm very curious to see. But the Seahawks are gimped. The Seahawks are a little bit behind. And I think, man, I really like the Falcons' chances. Plus, the head coach for the Falcons has his roots from Seattle. I like the chances of the Falcons to beat the Seahawks this weekend. My name is Zach Shelmer. I'm going to take a short break. When I return, Mark and Drake will be on my right. I'm really excited for that. Uh, Please subscribe to Strong Opinion Sports on iTunes, on SoundCloud, and watch my videos on YouTube. Strong Opinion Sports is on YouTube. Tell your friends about the show. I want to grow. We are growing. Let's continue to grow. If you like the show, tell your friends about Strong Opinion Sports. My name is Zach Shelmer. I'll be right back. We are back. This is Strong Opinion Sports. Joining me are my buddies Mark and Drake. I want to start with this. The, the fan in me is very conflicted because I, cho- I sold the Seahawks today. I said I'm not buying them. They make too many mistakes, have too many turnovers, and I don't believe in them long term because I think they rely too heavily on Russell Wilson. The fan in me is very conflicted because that feels wrong to say, but I truly believe that. How do you guys feel about the Seahawks? Uh, honestly, I'm, I'm really not concerned about the Seahawks right now because... Uh, some Drake said this earlier in the sh- or in the show's past is that the Seahawks, you know, they they get better as the year goes on. I yep. know that we have key injuries with uh, Richard Sherman, and then uh, Dwayne Brown was also uh, he was injured towards the end of that game too. Yep. So that's a little concerning. But um, you know, I I think you know as as far as the regular season goes, I'm not concerned. I I do believe we will make the playoffs this year. Um, I'm just not gonna, it, Russell Wilson just. Works magic, man. That that yeah. guy is just magic. But do you think he's, we rely too heavily on him? I don't. Um, I think he actually wants that. He yeah. wants to be relied on, and he has definitely showed it this year. And um, I'm just not. I'm just not concerned. Just knowing that we have Russell, I'm just not concerned. If now, yeah. if we lose him, obviously I'll have all the concern in the world. And it also is, um, you know, with Richard Sherman being out, it is a little concerning because the Seahawks' record is far worse when we don't have all three of the Legion of Boom. Yeah. And when we have two, our record is just, it's, it's not as good. But, um, you know, I, I, I just, I still believe in the Seahawks, and I just think this team is, is really good this year, and I think we'll go farther. So. Drake, can the Seahawks still win the Super Bowl? Can this team win the Super Bowl? Yes. Now, some things have to happen. Like what? Um, the defense has to mature out a little bit quicker, mm. especially without Richard Sherman. Yeah. Um, the offense needs a run game. If they can just get a... You know, Russell Wilson's like running... leading Russia right now. Yes. So <laughs> it, it's, it's like a running by committee right now. So yeah. um, something I just saw on Twitter you know, coming in here was that Chris Carson actually could be available in December. Oh. He could come back. So oh. he's not done for the year, but okay. um, as originally thought... Yeah. But, again, it's going to be more of a running by committee. And I do expect this passing game to be great. I mean, Wilson's second in the NFL in passing yards currently right now. So 
Um, that's you know something that they should continue to do. But again, their schedule is actually pretty difficult coming down the stretch. I mean, you got to play at Dallas. You got to play um, obviously Arizona again. That's still in Seattle. Um, the Niners won't be tough next week, but you play Atlanta Monday Night Football. You still got to play the. You guys Eagles. are going to that, right? Yeah, we're going to that game. They still got to play. They still got. They still got to play the Eagles um, for Sunday Night Football. Um, I was trying to think. Oh yeah, and also at Jacksonville. So they they still it's really have a, they, they, yeah, yeah they got a tough schedule coming up. But I think that they will um, they'll figure it out, and I think they'll still win the uh, NFC I, West. Can I, I just, you guys? Can, oh, I, can I just yes. say one more thing? I just you know given that that schedule update that Drake gave us, I, I still just am not super concerned. I know it's not going to be easy, but it's just yeah. I have so much faith in the Seahawks, and they 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 prove me wrong again and again and again. Because yeah. earlier on the show, I said you know I don't know, I'm, I'm I'm really concerned about the Seahawks, but they prove me wrong again every time I doubt this team. They play play better and it just I I, I just gotta <laughs> stick to with them. them you know what I mean yeah, I just yeah. gotta stick with them Russell Wilson is just he's got something special going on over there I don't know how we keep winning ball games you know just all of our <laughs> luck you could call happen. it I guess but yeah. it's happened so many times is it really luck anymore you know what I mean but I'm, I'm curious what you guys oh. think because I I consider myself a fan but you guys are definitely far greater fans of the Seahawks than me on Friday I said if we can win without Richard Sherman, I say we trade him. Get some value for him oh, and move on because he's an I, older guy. Do you I, guys agree with that? I, I 100%. I'm so happy you brought that up because I've been, I was telling Drake this at the beginning of the season. I, I, and I, told, I said this actually last week when he went down on Thursday. Yeah. I said, Drake, I honestly think that that was Richard Sherman's last game playing in Seattle. I really, or I mean, for Seattle. Yeah. Um, just because, you know. <laughs> Look at I, his face. I, I really do. I mean, yeah, if you think cool. about it, Richard Sherman, I believe he's 29 years old right now. He will be 30 years old. He's, 30 years old in March and um he's at the and 30 years old in the NFL is that turning point yeah. that you have and where you kind of just you're, you're well, starting to go the down Patriots after that. do well the Patriots would move on from him they do exactly they, exactly they cut emotional ties and move on from him exactly I mean Richard Sherman is he's got a max deal he's he's one of the top yeah. paid cornerbacks in and the he's league. beloved he's oh yeah great, oh I yeah love definitely him. definitely no I I think he's a great player but personally I just don't think that John Schneider and Pete Carroll want to put up with him anymore he does say some things and he does get angry at coaches and he you know he thinks he's bigger than himself and I've said this also is that if Richard Sherman was not on the Seahawks I would hate him I really would. I would not like Richard Sherman. Interesting. And I, but I just think that right now, Richard Sherman, especially off this or with his Achilles injury, yeah. I just think he's got so much value right now. And I feel like we could get rid of him and we could get something in, in return, potentially some more offensive linemen. And I think it would really help. Totally. And I just I think that you know Shaq Griffin's going to be huge for the Seahawks oh, in the coming future. Um, you know, we'll, I and I I want to just put some trust into our drafting as well because John Schneider and Pete Carroll have been so good at that. So you know, who knows? We might be able to. To find another find at cornerback. Drake, weigh in. What do you think? So Richard Sherman, he's a guy that is a Hall of Famer, I think, and he will finish his career with Seattle. Here's why, okay? The value that you get at that position when he is on the field, and plus also, he's one of the harder workers in the, I mean, the most durable, okay? He yeah. has never missed a game in his career, okay? So this is the first time that's happened. So I trust his hard work, because I, I, I take this as an Earl Thomas situation, okay? You know, he got hurt what does last that mean? year. Yeah, explain, sorry. Go ahead. Explain oh, Earl Thomas situation. You were going to say it. I'm okay, sorry. Okay, so Earl Thomas got hurt last year with his leg, and, and he broke, I believe, his tibia um, in the Carolina game last year, and he was done for the year. And actually, this year, he has come back and played better. Sure. Um, some of his best football of his career. So I, I, I could see that being a Sherman situation. I don't see Seattle needing to press too hard to get rid of him. And I think last year, when he was on the trading market... That was kind of a way to kind of tick him off a little bit, I thought, because the year before, he really <laughs> yeah. did not have the best season of his career. He it was actually kind of subpar, 
and he was he was kind of losing guys in coverage. This year, he's been excellent. Fewest passing yards on his side of the field. Fewest like QBR. I mean, you yeah, can go down the list. Well. He's he's had a great year. So why? Why get rid of that? Why do we need? Why do we, and plus, I actually like where our line's at right now. I love the development of our offensive line, especially with the Dwayne Brown addition, and I like our young offensive line we have there. Well, at what point though do we pull the plug on? When is it too late? Because when we want to trade Richard Sherman before it's too late, basically before he tapers off and is no longer productive, we should get something out of him. At what point do we? Because we're, we're going to trade him and he's going to do well somewhere else. I've heard people say that when you get divorced, you just have to be aware that your wife is going to go on, your ex wife will find someone else. Richard Sherman's going to go somewhere else and play well, but at what point do we have to pull the plug? Does that make sense? I just don't. I, I mean, I know what you're saying about Earl Thomas and everything and how he got injured last year and he came back this year and he's playing incredibly well. I get that. I get. I understand that. But just with, with, with Richard Sherman, I just think that we he's he's got a lot of value right now. And I understand what you mean is that he'll retire with Seattle, whatever. But how many more years does he have left in him, Drake? Does he have a lot of value when you get a season-ending injury? And now yes, he definitely has a lot of value. He's a top-five cornerback. He's a top-five cornerback. Why get rid of him? I don't understand it. Keep the LOB going. Drake, how much money is he getting right now? He's getting fourteen. Yes, we have to million. pay guys. He's like getting like fourteen point seven million a year. That's a lot of money. If we if we ended up trading him and getting getting offensive linemen or potentially getting another defensive cornerback, you know, I don't. Well, I don't this, we may not even Seattle, get this what he's Seattle, really worth. This has been Seattle's system for years. It's drafting linemen, developing linemen, and paying guys in other areas that. You know, is is most valuable, and Seattle loves their corners. Well, couldn't you argue that their system is actually drafting late draft picks like Richard Sherman or yeah, and, and, and Sherman guys been like great. Why can't years? we do that again? That, Why can't that, we? That's, well, that's how I feel. Sherman's a one I mean, of a kind. I just he's a one of a kind. Uh, yeah, you could say that. I I, I I get that. I get that. I'm not trying to take a anything six, away. Three corner that that can absolutely just physically. I'm not trying to take, take anything away game. from Richard Sherman. I'm not trying to. I know he's a top five cornerback, if not possibly a top three or even the best in the league. But at some you point that'll I mean? end. But at some point, it, exactly. Soon, he's at that. Well, I'm that telling you, there is an age in the NFL. There's an age in baseball, and there's an age in basketball where you reach that turning point to where you're not in your prime anymore. And you're on the downhill. I'm not saying that Richard Sherman can't be good for another four years. I'm just saying that do we really want him for those next four seasons when we could get rid of him now, let him go play somewhere else, and get something for him? Because if we let him stay for all four of those years, we're not going to get anything for him. We might I mean, have about, some good What about season. Earl Thomas? I mean, why don't we get value out of him? Why not Cam Chancellor? Sure. I mean, you could go I, down I agree the with list. You could say that. Bobby Wagner. You could say that. Why break up that core? Let that me say core something. is unreal. You say you like what our offensive line is doing. I do. Why can't we run the ball then? Why are we unable I, I to run the ball if our offensive line is doing you something? Cannot, because if this you, is, this if you give more, me an argument that our running backs are bad, that's not, that's no, not the our case. Our running backs are not Thank bad, you. but here's, here's where I'm going with. Okay? It's taking some time to develop because I think we've had some different shufflings going on, and we've had different running backs back there, sure. too. So that also that can be kind that's of a, fair. That's fair. It's it, different running backs have different styles. Like I mean, obviously, if you look at Thomas Rawls, he's he's a downhill runner. He doesn't really he's not very shifty. He just he just finds a hole and, and goes. And that could be good or bad. Okay, McKissick, he's kind of shifty and tries to find his way. Lacey, he's hurt right now. He's kind of that bigger back. So again, it's different. It's different combination. But once we I, I believe get that get that mojo back. Okay, and it's gonna and I, I think it could start either with Atlanta this week or even the Niners the week after. Um, and, and again, I think this season is gonna be more of a running by committee type thing. It, and, it was running by committee starting at the beginning of the season. There was no way know, that no one guy saying. was going to be. That's what I'm that saying. Job. It's going to be running no, yeah, by committee. It's going to be running no, by committee no, for a, for the a while. The playbook is is going to be is going to be given more to Russell Wilson. He is second in the NFL in passing yards, so that's kind of the, that's something that Daryl Bevel wants. Again, and and then play off that running game as best as you can. 
and maybe get Wilson out and, and on the passing game. I, so. I think it's fair to say we're not going to come to agreement on this. I think we all disagree. Yep. Now, I'm very curious about the Oklahoma City Thunder because I also said the same thing this week. I said... A I'm lot of people, a lot of people are going to give up on the Thunder because their record, they're six and seven right now. They're losing record. They're what ninth in the West, and people are saying, "Oh, they can't figure it out. It's not working." The big three, big four, whoever they have, it's not going to work. And I've said, "Give it time." Can I just they say one thing chemistry. real quick, Zach? Thank you, uh, Zach. Thank you. Drake is also a very optimistic fan. Yes, as well. well. I, I, Drake, I'm not, Drake I, I'm not either. I'm critical, and and Drake is a very optimistic fan, and he he just puts all the faith in uh, uh, all these guys <laughs> and thinks that oh, fired. oh oh Richard Sherman's gonna play till he's forty. Oh yeah, he'll be great for us for years. Yeah, okay, whatever. Did you guys get in, like, anyways, an argument earlier? No, What's oh, going on? No, I I, I absolutely <laughs> want to own Drake in this Thunder stuff because I, I hate okay. the Thunder. Okay. Cool. I, I think it's funny. Let's see what you got. We know we Can't all have different wait. perspectives. I like this. Can't I'm wait. a. I try to keep uh, myself objective. You hate the Thunder. You love the Thunder, and I'm yeah. kind of in between. I think we all have something interesting, an interesting perspective on the Thunder. Okay. Yes. Now, if why you, do you hate the Thunder? First now, of all, if you, Mark? no, not why it hates the Thunder. Don't, don't, why do you, why I, don't you like them this year? Why do you think they won't? Oh, this, this year, just them as like we know. We already know why. Okay. 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 Well, the reason I don't like them this year, they left. Yeah. I'm... Okay, just, just go with your point. About that. Um, with your point. Why are they going to not figure it out? Because I mean, so these three guys, these three guys, this, Paul George, Russell Westbrook, and Carmelo Anthony. This is the first year playing together. Yep. And Carmelo Anthony has just never really, he's never played with three stars before. He doesn't understand, and it's just unfair, I believe, to put a player of his caliber and play, and you know expect him first year, first you know twenty games in or whatever they are to just be like, oh yeah, Carmelo's going to understand how to play with all these guys and be good and be able to go and win an NBA Finals. I think that's unfair of him. Yeah. And 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 another thing is that um, Paul George, he's he's only got one more 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 year left with the Thunder yeah. potentially. Yeah. And I think that the Thunder, in order in order for him for Paul George to say the Thunder have to make a run this year and have to make the playoffs and go far in the playoffs to prove to him that you you should stay in Oklahoma City. Or they he's going to, to LA. Exactly. Because yeah. who doesn't want Paul George next year? You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. I want Paul George. I love Paul George. And so the Thunder really got to fight this year and show that, you know, hey, you need to stay here. We need you. you this is a place where you can potentially re- win. And they need to prove that to him this year. And I just don't think with this big three that it'll happen. I just don't. I just don't think in one year they will all figure out how to play together and that's just my that's my biggest issue the whole season it's been they're still they're below 500 they're at six and seven yes they're ninth in the west yes they're one spot out of the playoffs and i'm not saying this is they have a good enough roster to make the playoffs but th- once they make the playoffs it's all about winning then and i just don't think that their lineup is set for the whole regular season carmelo anthony really is not he's too old now to you know Play all, play all the whole regular season. He really is, Before, and he's averaging like 30, 32 minutes a game, and it's just yeah. not, it's just not going to no. keep happening. And um, I just, I just, I just think you really got to prove to Paul George that you can, that you can win this year. And I just don't see that happening. And I see Paul George leaving next year. Before Drake goes, I want to offer context because Russell Westbrook last year won the MVP, yeah. and then this off season they got two, two more stars, Carmelo Anthony and Paul George. And Paul George's contract is up at the end of this year. Yep. So now we're asking, will he stay? Will he go? What will he do at the end of this offseason? If he's happy in OKC, people think he will stay. If they don't figure it out, it's pretty. we're pretty sure that he won't. Why would you want to stay in Oklahoma City when you can go to L.A., your hometown, if you're already losing where you are anyways? That's what I'm saying. And, and, even, if, and if, even if they do win, I just think it's even still a big what if. You know sure. what I mean? I still think, I, I, I really believe Paul George will go to L.A. I mean, Regardless. L.A. right now is 11th. 
in the West. They're they're not much far behind. They're six and eight. And Paul George can they, put them they've over. Been, they've proven to be better than w- what anybody thought they would be this year, to this point at least. I personally thought they might have had three or four wins to this point. <laughs> I really do. I did not think they would be that. Oh, and they're over they're personally, in my opinion, performing better than than any than anybody thought. And I just don't understand why Paul George wouldn't want to go. Yes, it's they're a young you're a young team, but they're also developing. You know what I mean? And they have Brooke Lopez and I like Brooke Lopez. Brooke Lopez is a great center. Uh, Lonzo, I believe, he'll continue to develop and he'll be a guy that, you know, he doesn't need to score a lot, who can get get Paul George the ball. Paul George will be the guy, kind of like something where Kyrie did this year. Kyrie <laughs> wanted to go be the guy. Well, Paul George could go be the guy in L.A. Paul George will not be the guy in OKC because that's Russell's team. Yeah. Paul, Paul George well, would— Well, no one else would be the guy ever. Depending, Even LeBron could probably go there and it'd still be his team because just the way they operate and the way he commands respect. Yeah. I, I think. Even, no, even yeah. though I think LeBron should be in charge of any team he goes to. Oh, in the oh world. 100%. 100%. Russell yeah. Westbrook runs OKC Thunder. Drake, I want to hear what you have to say. Mark came out throwing punches. I love it. Oh, he did. I, he did. I just, I I, no, because I do not. I just, stuff. I have so much passion and hate. Well, you believe I in the Thunder. Do. I do why? believe in the Thunder. And I'm going to still continue to believe them. Here's why. And not just because you're a, a fan small, either. You have a good argument. It's a small sample size. There's six and seven. There's 82 games in a whole season. Okay. <laughs> Let's not, like, get off the bandwagon yeah. or whatever. Okay. If you look at in years past when teams get together, like let's say the 2012 Miami Heat or um, a few years ago the Cavs, who ended up winning the NBA title, the Cavs that year started 19 and 19. They ended up winning the East that year, okay? I'm not saying the Thunder are going to win the West, okay? But if they do get in the playoffs, would you really want to play this team? Yes. No. No, yes, you would not want to play this team. You really yes, want to play this I do. team? Are I want to play this Yes, I want to play this team. This team is absolutely They don't built. know how to play together. I want to play them. Not yet. Here, uh, they do I, not know. I want to play them. You're looking at a small sample size. You need to let this develop. We'll talk about this Drake, down the road. Drake, and, and by the way, just one more thing. I got I to gotta do this. I got to do this. You said that LeBron's team started 19 and 19. You want to know the biggest difference between the OKC Thunder and that LeBron team? Sure. They had LeBron. LeBron. Okay. Th- okay. That's, that's a fair point. They had LeBron. LeBron can be on any team and he'll get, could, go to the I playoffs. Talk to, I could talk about so many different. I could talk about. You could talk about any sport. Look at all the teams like just all over that have start, not started the greatest. End up getting in the playoffs and actually making a fat run. A good comparison and, is is like school. If you miss your first couple assignments, you're not so far behind you can't still get an A. Does that make sense? Exactly. The, the Thunder have not reached the threshold where they've failed too many assignments or fa- lost too many games that they can't recover and still get an A or still it, make the playoffs. It is and a make process, a but they are built for the playoffs. I would not want to face this team in the playoffs. Well, again, it's like a freshman going to college. It's, when a freshman first gets to college, they struggle. They're overwhelmed. That's them where, building chemistry. They just need to figure out how to make it work. one thing where I'm seeing is things that they can control defensively. They're yeah. leading the NBA in steals and turnovers forced. Okay, so that is great seeing that defensive commitment by their team. Which that is, is surprising because you have Carmelo Anthony, who's that cancer. is something. Well, no, but he's committed defensively this year. Yeah. You should have seen the matchup against the Clippers. He had to guard Blake Griffin all freaking game, and he absolutely shut him down. Okay, Blake Griffin had an awful game. Go back and look at the box score. Yeah. He guarded him all game. He is committed defensively this year, and the Thunder. In, in a category that they can control defensively, have committed. Okay, that is why I see them being a very tough out in the playoffs this so year. So where does their okay? season end? They make the playoffs. Can they compete with the Warriors? Can they I, compete with the Rockets? I really can't. I mean, I can't make a determination, but yeah. I'd say what's too early to tell. Finals. But you think they will make the playoffs? They'll be okay. Yes, this team will definitely awesome. make the playoffs. Yes. My name is Zach Shalma. This is Mark and Drake. This is Strong Opinion Sports. Please subscribe to Strong Opinion Sports on iTunes, on SoundCloud, and watch the videos on YouTube. Tell your friends about this show. Mark, Drake, tell your friends about the show. I want it to grow. We're growing. It's fun. 
Um, tell your friends about Strong Opinion Sports if you enjoy the show. My name is Zach Schaumer. We'll be right back. What's up, guys? We are back. This is Strong Opinion Sports. Joining me are my buddies Mark and Drake. We still have more to say about the Thunder, so someday down the road, we'll use what we saw last night in your guys' basketball game. We'll use that as an example, and we will revisit the Thunder because we do have more to say. I think it's interesting. But for right now, in two weeks from now, two Saturdays from now, we have the Apple Cup. U- University of Washington playing Washington State University. And I think right now, if you're going to beat UW ever, because UW is building a powerhouse. I really believe that. I think WCU is going to wane a little bit as they lose Luke Falk, their best quarterback ever. And I, I'm really curious to see if WCU can keep it up the next couple of years. But UW is clearly building something. If we're going to beat UW in the Apple Cup, this is the year. We have a bye week going into it. We have the best quarterback we've ever had, and we have a great defense this year. So this year, we have to pull it off. Do you guys think we can? What do you guys think? React to what I just said. Mark, I'm going to go real quick here. Side note about UW. Azeem Victor, their best linebacker, got arrested. Really? Out indefinitely. Just a wow, side note. Huge wow. loss. Huge loss. That is huge. For UW. Interesting. So that, that's going to be huge going into the Apple Cup, him not being there, because he is an, an NFL talent. Well, do you think we can beat UW? I think we can, but yes. will we? Yes. And why? Mark? Uh, so I do believe that we can beat UW this year. I think it'll be incredibly hard, though. And the reason I say that is because Wazoo, I mean, you really got to give this team some credit this year. They were 7-0. and at home this year that's huge that's huge and you know they had to play two tough opponents in stanford and also usc that's i mean usc was a top five team at the time you can argue with me all day long whether they're a top five team or not i mean but they were at the time and we beat them but the thing is this is an away game no exactly that's what i yeah that's exactly what i'm saying and that's my that's my biggest concern yes is that you know is that we have not been good on the road we've lost to to one incredibly bad opponent as in Cal and but I, I believe that we sh- probably should have lost to Arizona even though it was a very winnable game but I, I am very concerned about playing on the road. I UW, I've been to multiple games at UW before, and UW is not an easy place to play. No. Because it's, it's a lot it's bigger. It's a crazy atmosphere. It's, oh, it is. And Husky Stadium is a lot bigger than Martin Stadium. It's huge. Oh, yeah. There's going to be more fans there than, than, you know, what Wazoo's used to at home. And um, it's, it's just, it's, if, you, if you compare it to a Seahawks game, it's, it's kind of sort of similar, man. It's, it's, it's got a, there's a lot of energy in that building. And uh it, uh, it, it'll definitely play a factor. And, you know, looking back to the last Apple Cup, last Apple Cup's kind of a tough, um, you know, at, in, in UW. Because we had, because we had Peyton Bender yeah. as, our, as our starting quarterback. But, you know, it'll, it'll just be interesting because this is the first time Luke Falk has played at Husky Stadium. And, you know, if we can come out the gate firing like we did against Utah, then I believe we'll definitely have a shot. But if we come out like we did against Cal and we get those get our touchdowns turned, you know, um, called back, and yeah. we just can't get anything going at, at the start, then I think it'll be a tough ball game. Well, to here's win. the key to this game. Last time we played UW in UW in Seattle, our backup quarterback Peyton or Peyton Bender played. Yeah, Peyton yep. Bender, yep. We've seen Luke Falk dominate at home, but he struggled a little bit on the road. Which Luke Falk will show up next Saturday? Will it be the Luke Falk who set records, or the Luke Falk that lost to Cal and lost to Arizona? Will he be inconsistent or will he show up and bring it? And I don't believe I've seen... Remember when Peyton Manning would go into playoff games and he would just tense up and he'd, he'd kind of struggle? I think Luke Falk is a very similar kind of guy. He clearly prepares. He knows what he's doing. He's fantastic. I think every once in a while, a moment will get too big for him and he tenses up but doesn't play as well. He doesn't take chances downfield. He's very conservative and he makes mistakes. I think that's exactly what could happen. I hope not, but that's what could happen against UW. Drake, what do you think of that? Okay, so, you know, when you go on the road, um, a lot of cliches will go out. Like, you know, you, you can't get field goals. you got to get touchdowns. you got to convert and take advantage of your opportunities that you got. Last week, it was a little concerning to me that 
They couldn't convert a lot of the opportunities that they had. Their defense forces six turnovers, and they got some great field position pretty much all game, especially in the first quarter, and they were not yeah. able to really convert. They they had like three early turnovers. They get a touchdown, and you know they end up getting a couple field goals out of it. Utah, you know, eventually creeps back into the game, and you know they they kind of made it a ball game. Cougs had to lead the entire game though. Um, obviously, ended up winning. Um, this game um, I'm excited for though because they're coming off a bye. They have a really great senior class that I think wants to go out the right way. And I've said it on WSU. A, yes, yeah, WSU. Um, I've also said it on previous podcasts. I you know Luke Falk I think came back for this reason to to get the possibility of going to a Pac-12 championship. He talked about his unfinished business that he had, and I think that's a huge part of um, why he came back. And um, I, I, I see the Cougs winning this game just because, again, Zine Victor being out was so big, especially for that Husky defense. Huskies really aren't getting like that many turnovers this year. They're yeah. not as great in, as in years past, and I don't think the UW offense is just – I mean, yeah, I think they're running the ball pretty well, but their passing game is just okay. Jake Browning really hasn't been that explosive in the passing game. So um, let's talk hypothetical. Okay, I, I've said this that I think it's either USC, UW, or WSU's game to they they will win the Pac-12 North, the Pac-12 championship because I think Stanford will lose to USC if Stanford somehow gets in. I think if we go, we we have a tough game oh. against USC because we already played them once. We beat we have the they have the revenge uh, chip on their shoulder. USC does. Yeah, I think UW could beat USC, but I think USC is it's either us or USC because a lot of things have to go right for UW to get in. They won't get in. If we play USC again in the Pac-12 championship, am I wrong? USC has that chip on their shoulder. We beat them on a Friday night. Yeah. And when you lose a game like that, a tough game like that, where we rush the field and embarrass them, they will come back angry, looking for revenge. Yep. What do you guys think about that? Do you think we can beat USC a second time? Can I can I just go back to talking about uh, whether I think or, or what I think sure, about sure. Uh, I just wanted to say that I think that this UW game for Luke Falk will be his biggest test uh, as a college football player because, I mean, you could arguably say that this is probably Luke's biggest game. It's really, the biggest moment ever, yeah. yeah. As, as, as a college that. football player. And yep. um, I just think because, you know, with his – I believe we're, we are one and two on the road. I believe, and Luke has just in in one of those games, Luke was pulled early, and in the other one, we couldn't get anything going, and we put up three points. Yeah. So, something that I I just think that if that Luke Falk, he's got to come out with a certain type of energy, kind of like what he did when he came out against Utah. I mean, he was making throws, he's and being the Luke Falk that we all know and love. But if it, he needs to do that again, and he needs to just be Luke Falk, and he needs to play his game, and he needs to not let any of this this you know any of the light or anything from UW yeah. get get into him and just just go out and play some ball. Uh, I because th- this will definitely be Luke's biggest test, and it'll be and it'll definitely play into his draft stock. I believe as well to see how well he can when handle we, it and play when we remember luke in, in 10 years from now he will not be ever remembered as the best quarterback in pac-12 history but he could be remembered as the best statistical quarterback ever however which game do you think is more defining for him beating usc in the pac-12 championship or beating uw in the apple cup i think the apple cup is honestly more important that's what we will remember him in washington for if we lose usc i don't even expect us to beat usc a second time it's 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 for me it's it's kind of tough to even go go forward to the Pac-12 ch- championship because we got to beat UW first. I mean, I I am yeah. scared to play UW. I've said it all season yeah. long. I'm scared to play them. I'm nervous. And I actually had an opportunity at the beginning of the season to make like a fifty dollar bet or something on the Apple Cup, and I could not you do it. it. I just could oh, not. Wow. I couldn't do it. I couldn't <laughs> do it because I'm that nervous about UW and how well they well, are. I mean, imagine. we got to remember this is a team that made the college football playoff last year. Yeah, they're good. They're a good team. They're imagine a good squad. UW's 
I just I just think it's too tough to go yeah. forward into the Pac-12 championships. Too. If you're UW, your season's paid. It's all but over. You have to you have to have Stanford has to lose, and you have to beat us to get in, anyways. But what if they? How happy would you be if you were UW, hating WSU, spoiling your rival season by knocking them out of the Pac-12 championship game? That'd oh, be yeah. interesting. Oh yeah, I mean, and and in Washington, this is the biggest game of the year, you could say. I mean, arguably, I mean, yeah. well, for Washington at least, I mean, because I I live on the west side. And so I get I get um, crap all the time oh, for being a Cougar, yeah, man. All the time, and it, it hits it hits home, man. You know what I yeah. mean? So it's just this, it, there's a huge rivalry between UW and Wazoo. And when when you're a student here and you got a bunch of friends going to UW, you 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 see that going back and forth on Twitter all the time. So this is a huge game, and beating UW beating UW and going to the Pac-12 championship that's just a bonus, personally. I think just because this game it's it's bragging rights, man. Like all yep. year, you know what I mean? For us Coug fans to brag to the Huskies that we beat them and we got that on them all year long. And that's just that's just that's more satisfying for me personally than, you know, I mean it is cool to go to the Pac twelve championship, but I just I wanna you wanna be you dub. Oh yeah. What do you think, Drake? Do you have anything else? On the game? Or yeah. just like I mean, I, th- I think we're going to win. I don't think UW is as good as last year, obviously. Um, they lost a ton in that defense. They don't have a ton of playmakers on the outside. They have one playmaker, and that's Pettis on the outside at, at, at the receiver position. I mean, Gaskin's good, but, dude, this Coop defense is unreal, right? I mean, Mata Offa is playing out of his out of his mind right now. Like, he is, he is going yeah. off. Like, he is one of the better, like, defensive tackles in the nation. Like, he is just going off. And this defense is just creating turnovers like crazy. And I could really see this being kind of a, a Stanford situation. I could see UW kind of getting very conservative in this game, maybe trying to rely on their defense a little too much. I could see them trying to run the ball a lot. And I don't think that's going to work. I, I think I think they will stop Gaskin, and I think Browning may, might tense up in this game a little bit. Because I think the edge, you can feel the edge a little bit coming to Wazoo because we've got you know three wins against teams that are currently in the college football playoff top 25, and UW has none. Okay, So they really haven't... You know, gotten the job done this year when they've needed to. Yeah, their schedule's kind of weak, and it just kind of how it worked out. They ended up not, you know, being able to play ranked teams. I mean, they played one currently now that's Stanford, and they ended up losing to them. So, I don't know. We'll see going down the road. But I, I do like the Cougs taking the uh, t- taking the Apple Cup. So, the way the NBA works right now is that you have to play. They require you to play one season in college basketball, and then you can go to the NBA. Mark, you had a really good idea of how to fix that because right now it doesn't seem to work. We have guys that are either too young going to the NBA or guys that are seem like they should have been in there before, earlier, right? We have situations where it's like, you, you should have waited. Like Lonzo Ball physically doesn't seem ready for the NBA. How would you solve the one-and-done problem in the NBA or the, the situation? Uh, I, I, pers- I, I would personally make it more like how it is in college baseball. I mean, for college baseball, you have the option to go into the MLB straight out of high school. Yep, You can get drafted straight out of high school. Or you can go play in college, play for two years, and then have the opportunity to either stay your other two years in college or get drafted after your two years. You know, it, either way, you can get drafted after two years, or if you choose to stay, then you can get drafted after four. So I th- I believe that it it'd be best if if the if the NBA required or allowed um, high school basketball players to go into the NBA. Yeah, you can go into the NBA out of high school, but if you choose to go to college, you have to stay for two years before you can get drafted again. And I like this a lot because I think it's so rare that you have a guy who truly can go straight from high school to the NBA. And I think the one and done, if you if you're not ready to go to the NBA after right out of high school, you probably shouldn't go after one year because you're just one year older. 
it, where two years we look at guys, look at Kyle Kuzma versus Lonzo Ball. Kyle Kuzma might be totally maxed out, but he's in a man's body, so he's physically more ready for the NBA than a guy like Lonzo Ball is. Look at Zach Collins. If Zach Collins stays one more year at Gonzaga, I think he's a much more productive NBA player when he gets there because he, he'll have another year of development. So I think I like that. I heard that and I was like, that's really interesting. I like that. Because I've never thought about it that way. Oh, yeah, definitely. I mean, another nice thing, too, because I, I hear college basketball fans all the time talking about this. And they're like, man, I hate one and done or I hate one. And, or you hear you also hear college basketball coaches, you know, like um, John Calipari complains about this yeah. sometimes because, you know, his, he loses all his Kentucky freshmen <laughs> every, time, every, every, every year. year. And yeah. he's you just, oh, you know, it sucks. It's hard to be good because every year they got new guys coming in every yeah. year, every year. And um, so I just think it'd be cool if they did this because it was it would eliminate the one and dones. And it would allow those one-and-done players potentially to go straight out of high school and go into the NBA because that's clearly what they want. You know what I mean? Clearly, Because if they're going to go one-and-done from college, clearly they're like, you know, I just want to for the NBA. NBA you know what yeah. I mean? They're not really getting a whole lot from, from being at college. And I just think it'd be best for them to just go straight out of, straight out of high school. And now for those players who, who – I, I believe Lonzo probably should have stayed two years, and I think it would have really benefited him. I'm not saying that he's not he wasn't good enough to go into the NBA after one year. I'm just saying that one more year in college probably would have benefited him more to help him be more prepared for the NBA. Yeah. And um, so I just think, it, it, you know, just for those players who are – who are coming out of high school and they're like, you know, I'm not really ready for the NBA yet. Two years in college will really, you know, help improve my game until I go. And, you know, so I think it'll be, it's, it'd be just a good decision personally. It's funny because a lot of people are concerned. Lonzo Ball won't figure it out. Or they're saying they're, they're highly doubtful of him. The guy's nine, he's younger than you and I, he's 19 years old playing against 30 year olds. What do you, that are fully developed. I just think we need to give Lonzo Ball time. Do you guys agree with that? Because I think it's just too early yeah. to say he's a bust. How could you say that? The guy's 19 years old. A yeah, rookie. you got to give him time to develop and work with his teammates. Can I just say something real quick? I, <laughs> don't you, don't just, you dare go no, back to I'm, the Thunder. No, I'm not going back. I just, I just want to let everybody know that you know Drake and I, we beef about the Thunder a lot. We got a lot of beef <laughs> over here about it. But I love Drake. I think he is, he just, he's got great opinions, and I, I respect the heck out of him. Yeah. But uh, yeah, no, we we're just, all we good buddies. That's yeah, why we no, do no, this no, Definitely. I, 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 if I looked angry earlier in the podcast, no, I'm not. No. You know, I, you I, were, I but love, it's okay. Uh, you know, yeah, but like, you know, I, I love, but he, Drake, Drake has great points. Are so. you guys worried about Lonzo Ball? No. No? I'm not worried about him at all. Dude, no. he's a big guard, and he can flat-out rebound, and he can pass. The shooting will come. Just, I don't know, I mean, how he shoots. It's funny. What did you say about college? Weird. Because people expect him to be scoring a bunch of points, and I'm like, oh yeah, why? What did he do in college? Oh, that's what I'm saying. So, I'll actually, I just want to, I just want just to give some stats for people who don't know what Lonzo's doing right now, because yeah. I feel like a lot of publicity around Lonzo has been more bad than good. Like, he can't score. It's like, which just yeah. doesn't make sense to me, because I, everything I'm seeing out of him, I'm like, dude, I freaking love this kid, man. <laughs> so, anyways, let's, I'm I'm just going to go over some stats real quick for you guys. Uh, so Lonzo Ball right now is currently averaging 9.5 points per game, 6.6 rebounds per game, and 7.2 assists per game for a rookie. Yeah. And he had a triple-double the other That day. is He's the youngest ever. Yeah. Ridiculous. For, what do you do in college? I think that's Do great. they compare pretty and, well? And let's just compare his college stats. And this, remind you that these college stats uh, you know, got him to be the number two pick in the draft. So his college stats at UCLA were 14.6 points per game. <laughs> Six rebounds per game and seven point six seven point six assists per game. They're basically the same. So basically the same. I mean, except for he's averaging about five points less right now. And if you think if you think about that, that's two buckets. Yeah. 
And it's funny because he averaged 14 points in the Pac-12. Not even a, a legendary basketball conference. So can I chip in real quick? I was yeah. looking at Mark's notes. What is he shooting this year? No, no, this 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 is and what I was what, gonna bring. This, yeah. No, no, this is no, this was my this is my stat that I was yeah. gonna bring up. Okay, good. Originally, no, no, yeah, yeah, that's that's <laughs> why I, that's you're why poaching. You're ready. Oh no, no, yeah, he he was trying to he's trying to get at he's trying to come at me again, man. Drake, Drake's just, Drake's off. What's his shooting percentage this year versus college? So so um in college, Lonzo shot fifty five point one percent from it's not bad, you know. From the so field, bad. yeah, which is very good, very good. Um, now this was the stat that I was gonna bring. I had, I had, to, I had to hype him up a little bit. You know, Lonzo's <laughs> my boy. God, I got had my back. Now, now I'm gonna bring him back, <laughs> back down to earth for a sec. Good. Um, so, you know, his field goal percentage this year, he is the worst in the NBA <laughs> at 31.3 percent from the field. That's horrible. Yeah, and I think a lot of it has to do with this shot. And I actually said this before the season. And I've been completely wrong about it. But I said that, you know, I loved Lonzo's shot. And the reason I loved it is is because, you know, it's it's if you think about it, it's exactly like any other normal NBA player's shot, except he just uses it to the side. And I just thought coming into coming into the NBA that, you know, you know the saying, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. His shots worked for or this shots worked for Lonzo his whole life, you know, however long he's been doing it. It worked for him in high school, got him got him to UCLA, yep. worked for him in UCLA. So I was like, you know, probably going to go well, you know, he'll probably make it work in the NBA. But he just clearly hasn't. And it's and I think one of the biggest issues is that when Lonzo's dribbling to his right, it's tough for him to pull up and shoot because he's got to bring the ball back to his left because that's how he shoots. And it's tough to get your shot off like that because NBA players are so quick and so long that they're going to block you a lot. And it's hard for him to get a shot off to shoot a lot. Well, the so. key here is expectations. No one goes into Transformers expecting a movie that could win Best Picture. No one thinks. No one tries to compare a movie like Forrest Gump to Transformers because Transformers, you don't expect that. We expect a fun action movie with a bunch of explosions. What did you really expect from Lonzo Ball going into this year? He never was a great scorer. He's a guy that distributes the ball very well, and that's what he's doing. So I don't know why people are suddenly mad about him not scoring or worried about it. It's like, again, what did you expect from him? I just think as a number two pick, a lot of people just expected Lonzo to just be coming out scoring twenty a game, yeah. even though he didn't do that in college. And I just think in it's, the Pac twelve, might have. Oh, I know, and I not know. a great basketball. I know, and conference. it's just I just think it's tough to put that on a nineteen year old kid coming into the NBA. But again, he's playing for LA. LA needs needs their star. You know what I mean? I'm I'm gonna stop talking and I'm gonna let Drake go. Drake, you look like you have something to say. Yeah. Well, you just called the Pac-12 conference and not a very good basketball conference. I don't know about that, but not legendary. Not not he's not playing not legendary. Who did he who did he play? He couldn't score twenty on WSU or UW last year. Who was off? That's what I mean. Okay, we got to remember too. I mean, his he's got some good teams, team, but well, his UCLA team. I mean, he really didn't need to be like the big time scorer, dude. Yeah. I mean, he had a bunch of guys around him that could that could fill it up. And, so. and that's what I mean, though, is he's never been expected to score. And it's just no, weird he that he gets the NBA and suddenly people are... Exactly. He's not I mean, scoring. I think he, it's like, eh, it's not what he does. I, I, I thought he'd be around like 12 it, it to 13 again. It will yeah, come. So you think he will develop into a score? I do. I do. And it's just I just think that currently he needs to get his shot figured out. I mean, whether he decides to change it or whether he decides to keep it... No, he he's can't gonna, do that midseason, right? There's no, 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 exactly. He's not. I, I don't want him changing his shot at all this year. So, But in the offseason, he's got to really look at it and be like, do I change my shot... To try to be, you know, to, to make it into a shot that I can get off and start shooting more, or do I keep it and just figure out a way to shoot better with yeah. that shot, you know, just based on the limitations he has? So he, he's got to choose one of the two and he's got to really go into the offseason and really work on that. 
Drake, we talked a little bit about college basketball. I want to touch yeah. on your favorite college basketball team because you're a huge Gonzaga fan. You know Gonzaga very well, and I'm very curious. How far do you think Gonzaga can go this year? They're not a, a in a Power Five conference. They're not. I don't know how yeah. basketball works, but they're a what a mid major. So that's what do we expect yeah. from Gonzaga this year? Um, so they played two games so far. They played uh, Texas Southern. They kicked the snot out of them. They played Howard, them. right? And then they played Howard University, and they kicked the snot out of them. So what I'm seeing from this team, they're young. They're very athletic this year. Um, defensively, I think, is where they can make their mark. Um, they're long. Um, they're balanced, too, which is, I think, going to pose well uh, going forward for them. Um, they have some great you know, senior leaders. They've got Silas Melson, Jonathan Williams. Um, and then you got Josh Perkins. He's only a junior, but um, he honestly buddies. feels like a senior. So, oh, uh, and then Corey Kispert, yeah, Corey Kispert. Corey Kispert's a, a freshman that came yeah. from over in Edmonds, and actually, no, I think he came from Shoreline. Yeah, he's yeah, from Shoreline. Yeah, yeah, he's from Shoreline. But yeah, he's, yeah. Uh, I actually, I actually played uh, little league baseball with his older brother. So yeah, he's pretty cool. And <laughs> I got awesome. to play against Corey in yeah. high school. That's cool. Corey, j- wow, that kid. That, Is he an NBA guy? Oh yeah, yeah. Oh, I, I. He's not one and done the right. He's got it. He'll be there a couple years. No, 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 no. I, I wouldn't think so but I, I i i'm gonna let drake keep going but yeah so wh- how far can this team go so the potential of this team is is great it's just you know when when you get in the ncaa tournament you really don't know because there's matchups that you can get mm. hit with and interesting and it all it all goes on matchups how the other teams are playing where the ncaa you know seeds certain teams like last year for example wisconsin got put as an eighth seed and they go up against villanova they ended up winning their first matchup they played villanova the one seed and i knew immediately i'm like that is a horrible matchup for villanova yeah i you know in every one of my brackets i picked wisconsin to win and they ended up winning the game so it's it's matchups it's it's who where do they you match get, up well with who does gonzaga, gonzaga, gonzaga match, match up well with? Yeah. with the team that you know is athletically you know kind of more guard heavy they like to use their guards a lot more um, but if, if Zags face a team that's you know got some bigger guys that are six eleven seven feet that utilize the post a lot that could be a problem because yeah. then we could possibly get into foul trouble. Um, eventually though, I do see this team being a second weekend team. You know, Sweet Sixteen, Elite Eight, so around there. Um, maybe Final Four. It all depends again on matchups. But um, the poten- excuse me the potential of this team is really really high. Really? Um, they, and they have a really good non conference schedule this year too. So <laughs> to make up for that, not as great conference schedule, but and I think also there's a chip on this shoulder, uh, chip on their shoulder this year too, because they got picked by the media to finish number two in the WCC um, in their own conference. Saint, their own conference with St. Mary's. St. Mary's. Yep, St. Mary's. St. Mary's is good. Don't don't get me wrong, but um, I think until they can actually physically prove it, um, you, I, I like Gonzaga. You hate St. Mary's, right? Why do you hate them? I'm not a fan. Their their coach, Coach Randy Bennett, is probably the worst sport I've ever seen in my life. If you go back and look at some like previous Zag wins over St. Mary's. Randy Bennett's sportsmanship after the game is horrendous. He literally will just shake Coach Few's hand and walk right by him as fast as possible. And <sighs> Few will try and say things to him, and he just is not having it. I don't understand why. Um, so yeah, not a fan of Randy Bennett at all. He's he's uh, and he just he can't get the big win when he needs to, and he plays an awful. I mean, you guys criticize Gonzaga's schedule. Go look at St. Mary's schedule. <laughs> Their non-conference schedule is a joke. awful. Yeah. It's awful it is so bad like they don't travel anywhere they like stay in their home state they they won't like really go on any tough road games like i mean i think they maybe will have one this year that they might go on the road that's somewhat difficult but their their non-conference schedule is awful and that's why they'll, they'll stack up a bunch of wins and you know they'll barely get in that's usually how their formula goes i'm not as passionate about gonzaga as you are but i really like mark few mark few is just one of those stand up 
classy great guys that yeah, I really I enjoy watching and I enjoy them. listening to him coach uh, that, this has been Strong Opinion Sports for Wednesday what is it November 15th my name is Zach yeah, Shelmer sure is. this is Drake this is Mark subscribe to Strong Opinion Sports on iTunes on SoundCloud and on YouTube I put videos of my ugly mug on YouTube talking about sports I tell your friends about this show we are growing but we're not growing as quick as I'd like we've kind of plateaued please keep telling your friends about this show my name is Zach Shelmer Mark, Drake have a great day everybody take care go Cougs